Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. This is Dumpty Dum, sponsored by managers. This is Dumdy Dum, a podcast about the archers and the goings on of Ambridge. With our clashing auras, it's P and Q here, Philippa Hall and Quentin Rayner. And piling in with some serious hostility issues, there's you lot, our preposterously hatted Dumdy Dummers. This week's Dumdy Dum tune is from Stephen, and we're lucky enough to hear thoughts from Megan Wendy, Glyn Witherspoon, Carol from the Highlands, Catherine, Brian, formerly cycling Christine, Charles, Chris from York, Rob, and Anon of Ambridge. Plus, we've got tweets of the week, the Facebook roundup, and predictions for next week, along with another Dumdy Bookdom item. Marvellous. So, Quentin, what have you been up to since we last surrendered our Sunday to this nonsense? <laughs> uh, I've been hanging out with the Beatles. Oh, what? Um, yeah, I thought I'd get you interested. I, I, I am two thirds of the way through this mega documentary made by Peter Jackson, who, of course, directed Lord of the Rings. Mm. And it's called Get Back. And he's un- put together 60 hours of hitherto unseen footage uh, filmed in 1969 as the Beatles put together their Get Back album. And uh, it's it's fascinating. I mean, it's eight hours long. You have to watch it in, in, in sections, really. It's too much. And some of it's downright boring uh, because, really, you're just <laughs> hanging with the Beatles. I mean, it, but the access is phenomenal because you've, they, you're like in the room with the Beatles in the studio. And then there are some just electric moments when you see literally the gestation and creation of these, some of the 
most classic tracks, seminal, timeless songs ever written. And there's Paul McCartney tinkering away on the piano and you're realising that he's playing the beginnings of Let It Be or The Long and Winding Road and they're plucking away and you think, oh, that's going to become Get Back. And then you see John Lennon just just jamming a bit and you think, that's jealous guy. You know, it's just... it's jaw-dropping because you just see the creative process and also it was chaos you think how the hell do you ever manage to write a song (laughs) but what comes across is this extraordinary symbiosis of connection between Lennon and McCartney because of course they're writing songs since they were teenagers Mm. and just a look expression a raised eyebrow and they just connect it's just phenomenal um and then there are lots of shots of them smoking and uh, plates of sandwiches and really mundane boring stuff but because the camera's rolling all the time, you genuinely feel like you're hanging out with the Beatles. And it is, I would recommend it. Honestly, you've got to set aside about a month to watch it, but it really <laughs> is well worth it. Time. It's phenomenal. So have you just been sat in front of the TV all week? No, obviously not. Here I am. I've, been, I've spent more time on this, of course. <laughs> um, uh, but no, I've done it in in, 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 in bursts. I, I, I have had this sort of... A binge burst, but you you can't. You know, each episode is about three hours long, so um, wow. you do need a break from it. But uh, it, I would recommend it. It's on Disney Plus. How about you? Uh, well, of course, it's Christmas week now. It's Advent. I've got my Christmas mug. I've got my Christmas socks. We've just put the Christmas tree up last night. I hope you're drinking your coffee from a Christmas mug, Quentin. No, no. I, I've got. I've had <gasps> put a string of lights out on a tree but my wife has insisted no they don't go on yet she's quite she's quite brutal like that quite firm so um I uh, think normally I'm- I am yeah normally I am but I've just decided this year the kids were all worried that someone's you know going to get covid and have to um isolate for christmas day so I just said right every day of december we're celebrating christmas so yeah I've got my father christmas mug I did have a slight calamity though this week um so during lockdown I invested in a treadmill Uh, and I was on it this week because it was too icy to go outside. The doorbell rang, so I went to press stop to go and answer the door, and the treadmill would not stop. And I ended up screaming to my son for help, and he came to help, and his help was to answer the front door while I was still (laughs) stuck on this treadmill, Uh, and it it wouldn't slow down. So in the end, he came through and turned it it off at the electric socket. Missed opportunity there. Your son should have shot some video of that and that could have been an extra video for our patrons that could you would not could you ask him to do that next time please oh thanks it was bad <laughs> enough that he didn't come to my help straight away but uh never well, mind i have good i have, I have uh, um i got a, a christmas tree reserve so there's progress oh yeah. that's something yeah. yes yeah, yeah. good good so, well i'm pleased well, I'm, to hear it but no mugs no and snow socks on yet no 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 <sighs> Dear, yeah, I it. Now I've got Christmas earrings, a Christmas watch strap on at the moment. It's, yeah. What do you it. like actually on Christmas Day? You must be a sight to behold. Well, I'm just a bit exhausted because I've been chopping and, and preparing the food all on Christmas Eve. And it's sick just of Christmas bit... by Christmas Day. No, yeah. no, 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 no. Never, not sick, just, yes, ready for a sit down and a sherry. Yes, yes. 
But there we go. So, Quentin, mm-hmm. let's let's turn ourselves to Ambridge. Do we have and to? We do. Come on. <laughs> what was revealed on our road to Calvary via Felbersham? Well, your imperial mightiness, we've had drugged cats, lame donkeys and Lillian transformed into a wild zebra. But we need to start with the wicked witch of the southeast who swept in with her stiff joints. On Sunday, the phone rang. Hello, Peggy, it's Hazel. Who? The matriarch barked back at her stepdaughter. Ambridge holds such happy golden memories that I want to visit. I'll be there Tuesday. Hayes must be crazy because she declared Hilda to be friendly. Mind you, the monster Moggy was high on cannabis and that she had long COVID. The renowned money grabber nearly collapsed from a dizzy spell and accepted the offer to stay with Peggy instead of her lovely little room at Grey Gables, not her usual royal garden suite. Talk about laying it on with a trowel, Kate carped and warned Woolly Senior not to have the wool pulled over her eyes by the manipulator. But she looks like she's aged by about 20 years, reflected the nonagenarian. Eddie was speaking in tongues, or was it French, as we heard that he'd taken Clary up the Eiffel Tower. Linda meddled on her way to picking up her medal, dropping in on the rehearsal Eddie was supposed to run. Why am I not hearing Jesus rebuking his disciples? She rebuked her cast, before insisting on the appropriate level of solemnity and awe from Benjamin the donkey. Outside, Lillian was having a bad hair day. Jealous of Lindy's Barnet bravery, she'd instructed Fabrice to go wild and was left livid. Robert wanted to tear his hair out when she threatened to flounce from the trip to the palace, so he read the riot act. Darling, I never knew you had it in you, said a rather flushed Lillian. Blake's new haircut, on the other hand, was getting attention from the ladies, and Will was also looking forward to picking up the birds by rejoining the shoot. On Wednesday, Blake finally told his story. Convinced by Chelsea to go and talk to Harrison, he revealed that after the three of them had been sold by Moss, their wrists were tied while being taken to work in a meat factory. There, the grey man with a tattoo routinely punished and threatened them. It's over. You're safe, Harrison reassured him. With arthritic Benjamin out on his ass, Linda got Eddie to do the donkey work to find another from a sanctuary. It must be trusting yet long-suffering, she insisted. Tell us about it, Linda. And the week ended with Hazel sniffling around the rewilding plot as she gushed about her father's money paying for it all and how he deserved greater recognition. But don't worry, folks. Toby was sure which Hazel isn't going to cause any trouble at all. So that's all good then. (laughs) What a week, eh? I think we're at like ironicaccents.com. I need to, yes. People need you're, to pay money for me not to do them. You know, you're creepily good as Hazel. <laughs> oh, I didn't. I thought all of those were absolutely terrible. So oh, yeah, but I mean, you're pretty good Hazel. <laughs> anyway, enough about enough about our waffle. What did you, our fabulous dumpty-dummers, make of it all? Hello, Ambridge3962. And first of all, we have Meg and Wendy, new caller in and they have a plot prediction 
about the shoot. Hello, Dumpty Dum team. This is Meg and Wendy calling from Cumbria today. We are first time caller and errors, um, but we've been listening a long time. Um, my arch is vintage. Wendy is my mum, so I kind of was forced to like the archers, but now I am actually into it. So I think mine is, I remember Jack being born and the whole Helen and Rob thing, so I think that's when I first started listening. And what about you, mum? I think staying on the Helen theme, I think it was round about the time Henry was born. Mm -hmm. So yeah, a bit bit before me. Yeah. Um, So anyway, we're ringing in with a plot prediction today. We think that something is going to go down with Mia and um, the whole like hunt situation or the shoot, sorry. Um, she's going to kind of pull some sort of like saboteur stunt, we think, to add into her social justice um, identity because she was feeling kind of invalidated after she had that chat with Chelsea and like she hadn't done anything. So we think something is going to go down there. Maybe she'll get shot. Maybe someone else will get shot. Maybe Will will get shot trying to save her. Might not be that dramatic, but we think something's going to happen, don't we? We do. Or maybe Will will shoot me. Oh, gosh. <gasps> well, hopefully not. <laughs> Anything could happen. Anyway, we love the podcast. Thanks so much, guys. Yes, Have a great we week. Thank you. Bye. Um, we love you, Megan Wendy. That's fantastic. Mm. Mother and daughter, they're like the Jack and Michael Whitehall combination, aren't they, for, for Dumpty Dum. Um, lovely to hear from you, Megan Wendy. And do call in again, first-time callers. We love first-time callers, don't we, Philippa? We do. We do. Uh, who got hooked by Helen's children seems to be the, the common theme there in terms of their <laughs> fandom of, of the archers. <laughs> oh, that's... Those creepy kids, <laughs> particularly Henry. Oh, God, we haven't heard from him for ages, thank goodness. No, thank goodness. Yeah. He, always, he, he gives me the creeps, that one. Um, he does. Um, they think it's all something's going to go down at the shoot. Yeah, I love that. Wow, that would be something, wouldn't it? I hadn't thought of that because mm. she really had a good old go at Will, didn't she? She said, well, what's, what's the... How can he justify blast, breeding birds and blasting them out of the sky? And um, she was on him straight away, wasn't she? Uh, mm. So I, I, there's potential there, isn't there? I hadn't thought of that. Yeah, I agree. And Will seems uh, better. So that's a that's usually a sign that things are about to go horribly wrong. So, yeah. <laughs> but, he, but he's not going to touch any guns, apparently. That's what he told me. No. No. But he will, won't he? He'll get, he'll get the bug again. He said, I've always wanted to be a gamekeeper. Well, I hope Will doesn't shoot me, I have to say. Yeah, because you're just getting to know her, aren't we? <laughs> yes. Well, yeah, anyway, we'll come on to that one later. Oh, right. <laughs> one of <laughs> those Philippa, of I'm, Philippa's cross moments, right? Okay. Yes, I've got things to say about that. But yes, yeah, something could happen at the shoot. Um, mm. Hopefully it won't involve guns this time. But you, there could be something. You're right, Mia could stage a, a a protest. I think this is great. And I agree with Quentin. Megan, Wendy, you have to call back. It's just brilliant. Oh, yeah. And I think that's our first call from Cumbria as well, isn't it? I haven't re- don't recall any yes. calls from Cumbria. Well, we'll get corrected because we there's, there's bound to have been calls from Cumbria, um, but a beautiful part of the world. So, yes, do call in with more of these brilliant plot predictions. There we go. And now we go to Glyn. And Glyn has got some questions and some applause. 
Hello, Dumpty Dum. It's Glyn here. And as we enter the last month of 2021, um, the archers left me with some questions this week, such as when is Bert Fry actually going to be buried? Um, the family was arriving at three o'clock on a Friday afternoon. Are they staying the weekend until the Monday? Or is Bert Fry going to be buried at a weekend, which I think is quite a rarity? And also, what is up with the Fairbrothers? That conversation between Rex and Toby seemed to suggest that maybe they're both going to be on the move. Or Rex has got to move out of the cottage after all. Hmm, well, let's, uh, that's probably going to not get resolved until 2022, so we'll, we'll have to wait. But this week, I think we do need to give credit to the whole Archers team, the scriptwriters and the actors, uh, for two things. One is for the scenes involving Harrison and Blake and the um, and his interview, which I thought were extremely well done and very sensitive. And let's hope in the drama it leads to the arrest of Victoria. Um, by the way, I don't think the Gills are involved in this at all, despite speculation on social media. Um, there'll either be something else with them or they'll just disappear from the village one day without, without trace. Um, and the other thing... the Congratulations is on Hazel because it's highly implausible that Hazel could have changed her uh, changed her spots, so to speak. But it's not impossible, and the scriptwriters and the team are really keeping us guessing on that very, very well. And I don't know which way to call it at the moment. Um, anyway, have a good week, everybody. Stay safe, everybody, especially as we get this new variant. And speak to you all soon. Thanks for the podcast. Oh, Glenn, the voice of reason. Yes, absolutely. Yes, when is Bert Fry being buried? Now, I did actually have a look at the cast list for next week because I was very hopeful that Trevor would be back, yes. but yes. he's not on there. Uh, Rex and Toby aren't on there. Is this going to be um, a funeral well, that we don't actually hear? We were told they were on the Thursday they were arriving tomorrow, so maybe it all happened on Friday, and of course we wouldn't have. We wouldn't hear that, would we? Yeah, I think that's a shame. I think it would be nice yeah. to, um, uh, well, as, as nice as funerals can be, I think it would be fitting to hear it. But uh, yeah, well, it, and we want sounds, to hear Trevor. Well, exactly. I mean, it, it, it sounds like it's going, to, it's going to be reported, isn't it? Like mm. Linda's MBE. I was rather hoping for a royal cameo, actually, royal cameo performance. <laughs> get, oh, that would, yeah. Get in a minor royal, you know, but no. Uh, now... Glenn raises some very valid points here. Um, what is up with the Fairbrothers? Absolutely, because Pip assured Rex that there would be no pressure to move, that no rush at all, stay there, you know, long time. And now David said the new year. So Rex has got just less than a month to be out. I mean, how is this suddenly happening? And he sounds so relaxed about it, as if that conversation never happened with Pip. He'll just swap properties with Pip, won't he? Well, no, I don't know, because Toby's saying, no, he he wants to move out as well. So they can't both move out. What's going to happen? Does unless... that mean Toby doesn't want to live with Pip, which would surprise us all, wouldn't it? Well, he what he hasn't said is that, that Pip is going to I was move being in. sarcastic. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, okay. <laughs> 
<laughs> Sorry. She's being earnest I today, folks. I am. I'm being very earnest today. No, um, what we haven't heard is Toby say, yes, we're, Pip's moving into the bungalow. Um, so we have to presume she's staying at Rickyard. I I don't know, but it 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 just made me feel it just felt out of joint having had Pip's assurances. But maybe that just should teach us that Pip's assurances are worth nothing. And this veg wreath for the funeral. Yes. I thought they were talking about a wreath, a Christmas wreath for the door to begin with in vegetables. And I was concerned whether that was something for like the reindeer. But no, I think it's a lovely idea for a funeral. A vegetable wreath, yes. Hmm. And what, you then make it into a broth afterwards or something, yeah? Mm, or not. <laughs> you've, you've um, I think, exhausted the whole Fairbrothers thing, so I'm not, I won't add to that because obviously the, you've, you, you have obsessed about this, Philippa, Sorry. the minutiae of, of who lives where, um, and, and completely avoided uh, or spotted the main theme of Glynn's call, which was, of course, about about the credit he wanted to give to the scriptwriters and actors for the Harrison and Blake scene yeah. and also the reintroduction of, of, of Hazel. Uh, obviously, Hazel was the, the, was the big reveal this week, wasn't she? And, and there's mm. a lot of people like myself were thinking, who the hell is Hazel? I've forgotten who she is or a backstory. So, look, indulge me. I think a lot of people would find this useful, but I'm going to read out three tweets from Brenda Selwyn, who is the font, as we all know, of everything to do with the Archers and... For those who are thinking, who the hell is Hazel, this will help. Uh, she says, Hazel was born in Ambridge, but her family moved to the Bahamas when she was six. She and her mother, Valerie, returned when her father died two years later, and she was sent to boarding school. Her mother married Jack when Hazel was 10. They divorced when she was 18. Having packed her daughter off to boarding school, Valerie had several affairs. She died of alcoholism when Hazel was 27. When Valerie walked out on the marriage, 17-year-old Hazel decided to stay with her adoptive father, Jack. Hazel's biological parents were Jack's second wife, Valerie, nay Grayson, and her first husband, Reggie Trenton, who died in 1964 when Hazel was eight. Valerie divorced Jack in 1974 and died in 1983. Now, you could have a more comprehensive explanation of her story than that. So thank you, Brenda, as ever. But what is interesting is that uh, Hazel is neither Jack's nor Peggy's blood relative, is she? So it's, uh, her, her connection to them is even more tenuous than I, than I thought. But the, the crucial point about Hazel is she's a nasty, oh, a nasty lady, horrible, been so horrible to Peggy, been completely money focused, mm. tried to rip the community up by getting the shop yep. um, closed and sold on, um, fought Linda, just a, a nasty piece of work. Whatever her background, she when she left Ambridge, she left in a cloud because she was, she was nasty. Because she tried to milk Jack's will from... All she could get. She was just she? completely money obsessed. Horrible. Yeah, she, Horrible. yeah, yeah. So there we go. Um, and then, of course, he mentioned the important scene between Harrison and Blake, which was universally praised for mm. the acting and the writing and the direction. And we all agree with that. And I think actually Harrison played a blinder in that. To be fair, he gets a lot of stick, Harrison, but actually, I thought he was very good in that and coaxed a lot of information out of Blake, despite the infuriating Yvonne who. 
I understand as the appropriate adult was there <laughs> to look after Blake's interests. She was from the charity that's helping Jordan, but oh, she was overwritten in terms of the interruptions. We know that she's there to protect him and say, you can take a break, you can take a break. Oh, I didn't we, we, think that at all. Oh, she kept saying, do you want to take a break? And he was just getting into his flow. He was he wanted to talk. He needed to talk. And he kept saying to her, no, I want to talk. But if you notice, she was overwritten for that. We we got we got I it. Didn't she was there. You're well, doing I, overanalyzing now. Well, that sort, of, that sort of overwriting annoys me because you, you want the narrative to be driven. We've waited ages to hear Blake's story. Yvonne, we know you're there to protect him. You've made that point. Now shut up. <laughs> was what I was shouting at the radio. So there you go. Um, so I'm, I feel better for having got that off my chest. All right, yes. Oh, calm, yeah, calm, go, calm down. Uh, yeah. No, sorry, we've got lots more wonderful calls and we must move on to Carol from the Highlands who has issues with the donkey selection process. <laughs> Hello to everyone in Dumpty Dum land at Philippa and Quentin. Carol from the Highlands calling in after a two-year gap. I've been listening, though, and did the brilliant Zooms during lockdown and even sang The Berry Fields of Blair one evening, which you may remember Hmm. or may prefer not to remember. Anyway, I thought it was time I called in again, even if it was just to say hello and what a great job you're both doing and also what fab colourings you get. It's it's been great listening to everybody throughout lockdown. But while I'm here, I'd like to tackle the donkey issue. Um, it's interesting, Borshitshire seems to be littered with donkey sanctuaries. Um, and poor Benjamin the donkey. And is he Shula's donkey? I think she has lent a donkey in the past to these shenanigans. Um, but Eddie talked about a Joanna saying Benjamin showed up lame. Is Joanna one of Shula's long-suffering staff? Um, I need to call in about Shula sometime because she's doing my head in. (laughs) But no time today. Back to the donkey debacle. Um, it's, It's just highly unlikely that the folk in charge of a donkey sanctuary would have let Eddie and Linda in a field. Um, And if they were going to be allowed to borrow a donkey. The sanctuary would be the ones that would assign them the most suitable and safe one, um, one that's experienced in pageants and being around people. Um, Anyway, that's all I really have to say about that. The whole thing was quite ridiculous. Anyway, I better go before I get cut off and um, look after yourself, folks. And that's it. Bye. Oh, bye, Carol. Lovely to hear from you again from the Highlands. It's been two years, I think she said, didn't she, Philip? Mm, she did, yes. And uh, yes, we do remember you singing. Yes, the talent the... show. I've got a feeling I judged that. Did I judge that? I seem to did remember you? I gave gave Carol a prize for it. <laughs> but uh, no, she, she sang beautifully, just um, unaccompanied. And it was a, a classic, traditional Scottish song. It was lovely. Really enjoyed it, actually. So good to hear from you again, Carol. And do call in again, uh, especially if you want to get something off your chest about Shula. Yes. Who, who doesn't? Uh, the, the donkey debacle. Oh, God. Oh, that's just ridiculous. <laughs> Sans donkey. I mean, what the- I mean, I think they're all, they're all taking that CBT, the cannabis. They're all on something. It was just some wag on 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 Twitter. I can't find it at the moment. I'm looking. Some wag says, "Don't donkeys 
get put in sanctuaries to avoid the likes of Linda. Which I quite <laughs> <laughs> uh, but she was, you can't judge by the hock she was saying. The donkey needs to have dignity and <laughs> grace to bear the Virgin Mary. It must be trusting and yet long-suffering. And I'd happily eat bread and water if it means finding the right donkey. <laughs> What are the script writers on this week? It's fabulous. It's Linda at her best at performance time. There's always some calamity. And if this is the calamity, bring it on. I can imagine the donkeys sort of shuffling away, trying not to be seen by them so they don't have to be included. I love the way she, animal expert Eddie didn't spot it was a male. That was funny. That was funny. Why did she appoint? Eddie as temporary director when she was off getting the MBE. I mean, of all the people to appoint to stand mm. in, why why not Kirsty? Has Kirsty comp- is Kirsty still locked in the bathroom crying and won't come out? Because oh, she, she, she did come out, didn't she? She, was, she did, yeah. She, yeah, yeah. I, you, yeah. I'm speaking figuratively. Yes, I know. I don't know. you know? I'm but being she was, now, yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> she was the producer. So yeah, true, wouldn't true. she be taking over? Has she totally left? I, I don't know. And uh, what what I liked is that uh, I had this vision of Linda standing at the don- donkey selection process wearing her MBE. I thought, yes, yeah, she'll be there with it clipped on to her cagoule as she uh, as, uh, looks at all the donkeys. Well, as she says, she's she now has to raise her standards now. She's Linda Snell, MBE. <laughs> um, that comment about sanctuaries I just mentioned was uh, posted by a chap called KJ at Eggstones on Twitter. I thought it was funny. Yep. Yes. And as Carol says, you know, Bors- is Borsetshire just littered with donkey sanctuaries? I mean, Ooh. it does sound like there are thousands to, to choose from. And uh, yes, normally Shula did have this donkey that would be bought out for the uh, the carol service, the nativity play in St. Stephen's. So what's happened to that donkey? Well, I'm sure that you will look into this, Philippa, in your... I will. Don't worry. Way. Somebody uh, I've, yeah, Somebody I've will. got my got my map out. I'm ready. I'm going to go looking. I'll just call Shula up and just ask what's happened to the donkey. That's probably yeah. She's in your contacts book. I know that. Yes, absolutely. No, that was great, Carol. Look forward to hearing from you. Don't let it be another two years till no, you call in, no. please. Um, and so now from that we go to Witherspoon, who has interesting views on Linda, Mia, and Chelsea. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling, tossed salads and scrambled eggs. Mercy. Greetings, Philippa, Quentin, and all Dumpty Dummers around the world. It's with a spoon and Angus Haggis here. Boy, a lot to talk about this week. I know there will be many caller-ins about Hazel, so I will let others do the heavy lifting on that topic. A few thoughts about Blake. As Dumpty Dummers expressed on Facebook, Wednesday's episode was harrowing as we learn more about his experiences as a slave worker. We know he's suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder, so Harrison's final words to him of reassurance and optimism, while what a friend would offer, felt a little light considering what we learned. I do hope that the charity arranges for some serious ongoing therapy for him with an experienced mental health professional. Now, on to Mia and Chelsea. On Facebook, Philippa suggested that we take sides, but I do hope we don't have to, and they come to some accord. I have seen each one in my office. 
Mia, the socially awkward, isolated, high-achieving, with specific passions teenage girl, and Chelsea, the oppositional, sometimes volatile, academically underachieving one, who says what is on her mind. Both can suffer from low self-esteem and depressed mood. I have empathy for both. Linda, who can be a B-I-T-C-H during panto season, but hey, don't you need a demanding manager to achieve the top results? And she always gets them was wonderful in supporting Chelsea and reaching out to Mia. That's why we love her. I do see Linda as having been a Mia during her adolescence. What do you think? And give William a break. He's trying very hard to be a good single dad, and his attempts to reach out to Mia were no different than what most fathers would have said in the circumstance. I think he's growing as a person. Talk to you soon. Witherspoon, yes, you're taking me to task, aren't you, on some of the things I've been saying this week. Oh, I hear what you're saying. And such wise words. I mean, your point about Linda, was she a, a, a Mia as well when she was growing up? I have this vague recollection, and I could be horribly wrong here, that didn't Linda meet Robert while they were collecting rubbish or something for the environment? I think that's how they are. Can you remember, Quentin? Uh, it's ringing a, a far distant bell. Yeah, so I, Witherspoon could be right, but I've I've got to say, Mia just, I, I'm not liking Mia at the moment. And she's, yeah, she's very earnest, and that's that's absolutely fine. But she's she's really nasty about Chelsea. Um, and when Mia started crying, I just thought that's just attention seeking. I think Chelsea is just, yes, obviously she's in a different group to Mia. Um, but we've seen with Blake as well that she's not got an agenda. Blake felt he could trust her. Just just doing the haircut the week before, that's such a personal thing. And it was right that she was the one to show Blake the article because he might not have believed anybody else if they'd shown it to him. Um, but I did start thinking, and I may have had too many coffees when I did this, Quentin, so forgive me, you're, you're going to worry about me after I've said this, but... I'm worried already, but... <laughs> I started thinking if Mia launched her own makeup range, what yes. would it what would it be called? So I thought maybe maybe it's Maya Beline, sort of Maybelline, um, instead of urban decay, rural decay, or maybe a sort of a collab, the Grundy and Gucci rebrand Grunchy. That's that's my thought. Yeah, it, it yeah. was a bad yeah, idea. I think you need it? to get onto yeah. decaf. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're being a bit mean on Mia. Um, it's interesting what Weatherspoon said that um, that maybe she was a Mia in her previous life because she seemed to, when Linda was comforting her, which I thought she handled very well and saying, you're, yes. you know, after 60 years I've learned that you've got to choose your battles and stick to your guns and all that as long as they're not your father's. Um, so I, I, I think... Um, <laughs> Sorry, I just got that. That's just dropped, isn't it? Yeah. Well done. <laughs> Have another coffee. Um, I think <laughs> just let you she's gone I'm trying to make a serious point here folks <laughs> sorry it's, it's fine carry on Quentin you be serious and I'll stop laughing <laughs> okay. right. uh, what was I saying oh, Linda comforting Mia that's right yeah sorry <clears throat> yes but then <laughs> That is an aspect of Linda, isn't it? She's very good, actually, in supporting young people. She's she's good with Chelsea, and she was thrilled with her haircut, and she was good with Freddie, wasn't she, as well? And she was good with Mia. Um, I mean, 
Chelsea's been a bit mean to me. I mean, essentially, I'm going to. This boils down to to what Jane Bramley on Twitter has has been going on about the lovely Jane Bramley. She says, "Look, all this bickering, we know where it's leading. They're going to end up as best buddies." I think she's right. <laughs> yes, I hope so. But I don't know. I strongly feel that Chelsea was being nice. She was trying to try different makeups with her. She was trying to get it sorted before rehearsal time. Yeah, yeah. Yes, Linda was good comforting Mia, but she, oh. it, Mia started crying, so she got all the attention. Chelsea hadn't done anything wrong, and actually Mia had been quite rude to her. I uh, no, I, I didn't like I didn't like the words Mia used when she was talking to Chelsea. It was quite vindictive. And she dismissed her friends as being very shallow, didn't she, and all that. Yeah, I'm not like you. I'm playing the Virgin Mary. Um, you know, why would I wear my... I mean, Mia wanting to use her own makeup for the show, that has got disaster, you know, hemp yeah, I would, foundation. I, and oh, I, I would leave that to uh, to Chelsea. I'm trying to decide, Britain. oh, toasted beige, wasn't it? That's what she suggested yeah. for me. <laughs> <laughs> which, uh, which, yeah. when you're acting you do need quite strong you know makeup to stand up in in the spotlight yeah, so it's just, it, it was beige <laughs> it's such, yeah. it's beige yeah i'm here is a bit beige she, needs a, <laughs> she does need a bit more color in her cheeks yes that's true <laughs> anyway have you recovered now i have sorry but oh, with the spoon you. Thank you. That was a fabulous call. Um, and we'll have more of your calls in a moment. But if you're listening to this thinking, I'd like to record a message and I wonder how to do it, here's how. Yes, we call it the People's Podcast, don't we, Philippa? And um, guess what? We need people to populate it. So <laughs> we need to hear from you, please. If you want to record a message or a plot prediction, one way is to visit the dumptydum.com website where you can click the red tab on the left, which says send a voicemail and submit your call that way. I say this every week. It really, really is easy. You could sit there all week and have as many goes as you like. Nobody's going to know, so don't worry. Uh, another way to send a recorded message in is to send a WhatsApp voice note to this number, 07957 167696. And do remember, if you're calling from outside the UK, to add a plus 44. And please keep it to a maximum of two minutes. And we also need to thank our new patrons who have joined us. We've got Melanie McLaren and Penny Fletcher. Thank you both so much for your support. What is Patreon, you may ask? Well, just very briefly, it's uh, a way of supporting the podcast financially. Um, $2 a show. If you go to patreon.com and type in Dumpty Dum, you'll see us there. And uh, it's fair to say I have acquired some jars of pickled eggs, uh, one jar of which will be winging its way to Quentin for a We'll be making a video next month about that, Quentin. I bet you cannot wait. A video of me retching. And that's going to be gripping, isn't it? (laughs) My husband said to me this morning, why are there two jars of pickled eggs in the garage? I said, oh, don't worry. It's just dum-de-dum. And he just had this pained look on his face. Yeah, and I've I've seen the same on my wife's face. Don't worry. So, yeah. But anyway, let's get back to our calls. And next we have Brian, who has concerns about Hazel. Hello all, it's Brian. Been quite a packed week this week, lots going on. I particularly liked Eddie becoming a walking tour guide to Paris after basis of one weekend. Um, I thought Harrison was going to shout Badger for a second. I'm glad we finally got some more back details about what happened to Blake. I do hope they keep him on as a character after they wrap the storyline up, 
perhaps he could become Chelsea's love interest, possibly. Um, and Hazel's back. Um, now, what's she up to? She's really a wonderful villain. Uh, when she starts talking about her dear daddy, who she never visited, she has the same chill to me as when, like, Corella de Ville complimenting your dog on its glossy coat. <laughs> I'm a little surprised by Peggy being taken in by it, though, um, as I've always loathed each other. Um, I would have thought Peggy would be reaching into a handbag for a knuckle duster as soon as she rang the doorbell. But she's obviously after something, perhaps a real, real, rewarding project. Um, but I can't quite see how she could get her hands on it. Um, I saw Jack died in 2014. I looked it up. So it's surely too late to raise any issues about his will or anything. And she's not a relative, a direct relative of Peggy's. So I don't see how she can have any claim on her money. Um, I'm sure we'll find out though, so that should be looking worth looking forward to. Um, well, that's all for now. Um, nice to talk to you and enjoy the week. Thanks, then. Bye for now. Thanks, Brian. Always lovely to hear from you. Um, I love this idea that Eddie's now a, uh, a seasoned tour guide to Paris. I mean, he's <laughs> spouting all that dreadful French, wasn't he? When he came back, <laughs> yes. As Milon Fred on Twitter said, please, can Eddie stop talking in French, please? So uh, we shall see. Uh, he hopes Blake stays. I've got a feeling he is, but uh, I think we're going to talk a bit more about Blake in a minute. So we'll say some more in a minute about Blake. Uh, but the interesting about you, you suggest that he, um, Chelsea could become his love interest. There's, there's a definite spark there, isn't there, Philip? Mm, yes. Yeah, there is. But yes. she's very young, so I, I don't know if it's would work out for the long term. I think it would just be nice for them to have a friend in each other, someone to, you know, to talk to and not feel judged. You know, again, the way Chelsea was reading with great hesitancy the mm. article, she didn't have to apologise to Blake about that. No, she was the perfect vehicle to, yeah. to get Blake to change his mind, wasn't she? I thought mm. she again showed her maturity and people skills, uh, she's mm. emotionally intuitive. That one. I mean, she can be downright rude, but you know, she she knows how to handle people. She's displayed that several times in the last few weeks. So I, I think there could be something between them uh, because she was chuffed that uh, his new haircut that she'd given him was catching the lady's attention. So <laughs> yeah, I think you're onto something there, Brian. And I agree with you. I, I'm, you know, Peggy. I'm surprised she was taken in as well, uh, Brian and. Good old Kate. I mean, I thought Kate had a yes. great week. You know, she just <laughs> completely saw through it instantly. Yes. And, and she was essentially saying, look, look, Grandma, don't have the wool pull over your eyes. And she was all, oh, you know, she's she's changed and she's aged 20 years. That's because you haven't seen her for 20 years. And <laughs> <laughs> that's not my joke either, but I liked it. And... Um, yeah, yeah, quite right. I, I, yeah, Peggy's much wilier than that, and she didn't like Hazel. So, mm, agree with you there, Brian. Very perceptive. Yeah, so are we led to believe that Hazel is broke or broken? What What Ooh, is the, line, the issue that, thank you, um, is, is she here for the money or is yes. she here because she has, yeah, she's been 
broken by uh, all that she's experienced lately. I don't know. I just thought her tone soon changed from yes. admiring Longhorns to admiring the, the yeah. potential for yeah. money um, and the questions. Yeah. So, I, I but I, yeah, oh, I, I love I love that sort of thing. And you're absolutely right, Quentin. Kate was straight away. You know, what's she after? She was straight in asking that about Hazel. And as for this trip to Paris. I don't believe Eddie and Claire even went to Paris. It sounds too much like reciting a guidebook. I think Terry Twofone sorted them a weekend in Wolverhampton. Which can't be beaten, really. Think about it. Yeah. It cannot indeed, yes. But Brian, fabulous call. Love the analogy of, uh, yes, saying dear daddy like Cruella de yes. Spot on. <laughs> Complimenting your dog's coat. Yes. <laughs> and now Lovely. we go to Catherine, who has some specific thoughts on Blake. Hi there, it's Catherine ringing in. I'm still reeling from the horror that was the pixie cut last week and so had to go into a kind of temporary week-long retreat with the concept that anyone would let someone who's been training to cut hair for three months cut their hair into quite a complex cut. No. Right. Occurred to me as I was thinking about this that actually so many characters in The Archers are for me interchangeable. I'm not very good at detail and so Toby and Rex, um, they for me are one character. I never can remember who's watched, but I'm going to call them Trex, so I think that's easier. Um, the same, the old ladies of the Archers, just um, with the warbly voices, Jill and Peggy, calling them Jeggy. And then it used to be Ben and Rory, Bory, but actually ever since Rory and the sobbing at the railway line and going to live with family in Ireland, loosely in Ireland, um, I have actually do know the difference between the two of them. Right, my plot prediction is that Trex and Hazel go into business to annoy everybody because she seems quite interested in the tedium that is rewilding. Uh, I did laugh. I listened again to uh, the business with Kate and uh, whoever it was, Jeggy, one of those, and the cat and the CBD oil. Now, the cat's noises, are they done by human? They sound very strange indeed. I I couldn't tell if it was a human cat sound effects or what, but I did laugh at the macrame and the dream catcher. But the way that she talks to um, whoever the old lady is, Jeggy, um, is so rude. And I noticed this last week, uh, the way that Kate talked to her, was it her mother-in-law? Not Kate, um, Tasha, Natasha. So rude. I just can't imagine talking to a member of my family, especially not an older member of my family like this. Maybe you all do, uh, you ruffians. I don't know, but I wouldn't. Um, So also then Hazel decides to stay. And like they have two bedrooms. I think that's really strange, isn't it? And that also Kate's sheets must have still be warmed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fine, she, you can stay here. And there's a slight bit of organisation with tidying up a room. Could you imagine all Kate's bloody joysticks and, I don't know, ley line maps or whatever in her bedroom? Horrendous. Um, uh, Blake, finally. I'm bored of him. Uh, he's got a terrible accent. Um, he veers between vulnerable and simpleton, like, and you'd really worry about him being able to get a bus into Felpersham. Uh, to being this lad who's at the pub and ordering pints and this, that and the other. Um, I think oh, um, his friendship with uh, Tracy's daughter is quite cute. But really, is it over yet? Please, we get the gist. Human uh, slavery, modern day slavery, trafficking, it's bad. We get the idea. Would he really stay in a village where he'd been held up? And so he seems to veer between being really good friends with people and then whacking whatever he was whacking at the end of that episode. So hopefully Blake's gone. Another idea, Christmas plot prediction, please, please, please let it be Rob or that awful mother of, um, 
or the Brummy guy, him coming back, and they're sort of sowing some seeds that perhaps that family might not be as innocent as we think. Um, what was his name? Oh, God, I can't remember um, him. Anyway, that's what I'm hoping. Um, also, Christmas stockings. What would I put in one? I don't know. Kate, a book on parenting. Just such the oddest character. She has a whole family that she seems to forget. Like a man, really, I suppose, in many ways. Thanks, then. Bye. Catherine, that's a, that's a lot to pack in. And Catherine, I heard at one point the sound of yeah. water and it sounded quite echoey. Catherine, did you record that in the bath by any chance? I've heard of people listening to our podcast in the bath. I've she never. Did. I checked. Did she? I sent her a message and said, Was that in the bath? <laughs> it was. Brilliant. You heard the splash. Love it. Well. Yes, love we, it. Works. Well, it I, it raises, and we've got, you know, last week we had Joe Edwards reconfirming that she listens while slathering in a radox bath. So, I mean, does anyone listen to this podcast clothed? Is the, is the big question, isn't it? Well, at least all our listeners are clean. That That's all I can clean. say on it. <laughs> well, um, not, not with a clean mind, though. <laughs> I, I've got to say, I like Blake. I'm not bored of Blake. I like hear, hearing him. And I think Hazel is our Christmas present. You know, this wolf in sheep's clothing. Is she bad? Is she good? It's going to keep us occupied until... Uh, it it all really kicks off and and I hope they do build up that is she isn't she because it's fun um that's that's what I want to hear something a bit different uh so yes I'm all for that but if if Toby and Rex are treks Jill and Toby and Peggy what what are we are we filting god <laughs> um <clears throat> no okay we're not Quillipa. I don't know <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure, sure Catherine will come up with something for us. <laughs> that sounds like a medical condition. It does. Yeah. Is there a cream for it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Look, we've got to give congratulations also to 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 Catherine, haven't we? Because um, she she posted on Twitter under her account at ICOD. Because every year, I'm not on Spotify, but apparently you get an annual collation, don't you, of, of your listening history? Yes, you do. And, and it it. Um, and it produces this for you, whether you like it or not, by the looks of it. And so anyway, she tweeted this image. It says, there was one podcast that lived in your head rent-free all year long. Second image was the our, our mugs, the Dumpty Dum podcast yes. page. So How wonderful. This is, this is her top podcast all year. It says, your top podcast was Dumpty Dum, a show about the BBC's that. You listened to 40 episodes for a total of 2,191 minutes. That's dedicated. Only forty. Oh, Catherine, come on! There's there's some missing there. That's uh, yes. No, that's brilliant. Well, we, well we were so impressed, Catherine, that as recompense, I think we're sending her a Dumpty Dum mug, aren't we? Are we? I Good think... luck getting that out of Roy. <laughs> Somebody tweeted her that she's going to get a mug. I'm still so she waiting. Better get, she gets a, better get a mug. Still waiting for mine. Um, so look, I, she said so much, and we can't go through every point because she she's. Her calls are effectively like a, a mini podcast in two minutes. But so uh, you just said just now you're not bored of Blake. I'm getting bored of Blake because I think, like Catherine, I've got the point. Um, and I have to say, when they said and tonight Blake tells his story, and my heart sunk. I thought, oh my God, we've got 13 minutes of this, you know, single story. So I was glad it wasn't a single story episode. We got the gist which we needed to hear. I'm glad we've heard it. And it was appalling. And it makes you sit up and realize what some people are suffering. She picked up on, she referred to his terrible accents. I, I 
I'm irritated by that accent because I think I think the acting and the writing has been good. But that accent is overused, I think, in dramas. It's the that sort of um, affected, cliched street accent, which is too often prescribed to people in these situations. It's, it's, it's an easy go-to. And I would have preferred a more legit accent. Why not a Bristol accent or a London accent or one from Lancashire or something like that? So that's my one gripe. But he now needs to develop as a character and perhaps his burgeoning love with Chelsea, as Brian was suggesting, might be might be the avenue. But he needs to settle down uh, and and now move on as a character in Ambridge. So great call, Catherine, as ever. Brilliant. Thank you. Excellent. And now we go to formerly cycling Christine, who has thoughts on some of the new characters we've seen this year. Hello, Quentin, Philippa and all fellow Dumb to Dumbers. This is formerly cycling Christine here. I wanted to say how I've been somewhat annoyed by the number of peripheral characters that have been plucked out of nowhere and introduced during the past year. I'm thinking especially of people like Kyle, the odious neighbour who we had a little storyline about, and then Layla, the girlfriend from Roy who turned up, was introduced, thought this could be another new character, and then suddenly disappeared. However, in contrast, I have really enjoyed enjoyed and look forward to bringing back old characters or characters that actually are connected with the show. It was really nice to have Usha back ages ago and I think she's coming back again and it's good to have Amy reintroduced and I think bringing back Hazel Woolley was a great idea because she's a character that's appeared occasionally and however much we hate her she's a fantastic character for a drama. And I'm really looking forward to Mike Tucker coming back again. So please, Archer's scriptwriters, less of the characters who appear and disappear, never to be heard of again, and more of odd pop-ups of characters that we're familiar with. It's a bit like real life, where you don't see people for a while and then they pop up again and then you see them two, three, four years later again. So thank you very much. And... uh, Best wishes to everyone. Bye. Bye, Christine. Thanks. Nice to hear from you because she emailed in last week, didn't she, Christine? We'd like to hear from her because yes. her calls are always really good. Exactly. <clears throat> this idea of peripheral characters is a good one, actually. There, mm. there, there was a glut of them, wasn't there? She's right. Mm. And um, uh, and annoyingly, some of them I was getting quite interested in. Uh, you know, Vince's mother. You know, they're not there long enough for you to, to really get under your skin i mean carl was a nasty piece of work glad we saw the back of him but you know layla you thought all oh, right right, right mm. in here and then she mm. just disappears um yeah we're all getting uh excited about the promised return of the tuckers mm. at new year so we'll wait to see or whether that'll be a, another silent party but the one we would like to re- reappear wouldn't is trevor as we've just mentioned so <laughs> let's fingers crossed that we get more more, more of trevor um but uh, yeah, good point, Christine. I I hadn't thought about that. Yes, I can't wait to hear the Tuckers back, and we better hear them, or else I'll be absolutely fuming. Um, so yes, I look forward to hearing. How them. many of I them do just... you want to hear? All of them. Yes, all of them. Why, why right. not? Um, but I just I just had to stop when I was listening this week. Someone has actually had COVID. I mean, I know we heard oh, of yes. one, but yes. actually, you know, we got to hear from someone who has COVID. Well, do, uh, do, do you believe Hazel? COVID. Do you believe her? Well, I, I 
I do believe she's been ill and she had COVID. I mean, to be on a ventilator for her, that's pretty, pretty serious. But I I think, yeah, I think she's a, she's a baddie. And yes, if I can't get my illicit love story, then a baddie will do for me. And the fact that they ended it on, you know, don't worry, I'm sure yes. she's not going to cause any trouble at all. Yes. She's going to cause so much trouble. The, the thing with Hazel is, though, she's all, she always thinks she knows best. Um, and it's not that she's sort of there scheming, thinking, counting the money. She just thinks that's her entitlement. And she doesn't see what other people... I mean, let's think about Peggy. When Peggy was looking after Hazel's father, um, when Jack had the, had the dementia, Peggy had a stroke from the stress of looking after him. And yeah. yet Hazel has never considered yeah. the impact. So anyway, sorry, I'm, I'm waffling, but well, yes. I mean, <clears throat> the worst character of the week on Twitter is running a poll at the moment. It's still ongoing as we speak. <sighs> Who was the worst character in the Arches this week? And... Uh, the the uh, runners and riders are Hazel, worse than COVID. Linda, massive bloody ego. Peggy prefers Hilda to Kate. Hilda, Bluefeld cat. <laughs> <laughs> and guess who's winning at the moment? Hilda. She, funnily enough, she's only got 4.2% of the votes. 70.8% of the votes are going Hazel's way at the moment. But didn't you love it? Didn't mm. you love it how Hilda took to Hazel and there was no scratching and no meowing? It just shows like knows like, and mm. uh, I thought I thought that was that was great. But you are Quentin. I need to get you some therapy for this. The amount of time you spend on Twitter. Do you, when people ask you your name, do you remember it's Quentin Rayner or do you just say Thirteen Minute Man? I say Thirteen Minute Man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've got to get anyway. my tentacles into our community. That's what we're all about. People's podcasts. Yes, but there's, there's there's a whole world out there. There's, there's people. Is there? There's, yeah, is there? there is. Anyway, that's, that's let's why I don't go read on. books. I just read Twitter. <laughs> fair point. Fair point. Now we need to go to Rob, who has a theory. He's calling with a theory about Hazel. Looks like all the pieces are starting to fall into place now. Hazel is happily lying her way round Ambridge. Uh, I mean, suggesting that Kate would have done something willingly for the benefit of another person. Mm. No, that's not a runner. <laughs> I wonder, though, what her long-term goal really is. Is it just to get the, uh, the rewilding, renamed the Jack Woolly Wilderness, perhaps? Who knows? I worry, though, that uh, she'll meet up with Trevor after the funeral and take control of his powers as a walking sentry deprivation unit. <laughs> There'd be nobody in the village capable of stopping her. Maybe Linda Snell, actually. The way she treated Eddie Grundy, she'd just throw down his mutilated carcass and they'd face off against each other. <laughs> It'd be like a live-action role-play version of Godzilla versus Kong. Don't get too close to those two. See you all. <laughs> Rob, thank you. Oh, please, no. <laughs> please don't let this happen. Although, Hazel versus Linda, you know, wow. we've seen it before. It would be lovely to see it again. I'd, I'd, yeah, bring that on. Who do you put your money on? Oh, Linda would win. Yeah. She's, yeah. you know, she's a well-intentioned bully, so I'm all for Linda winning that one, definitely. But let there be a battle. Let battle commence. Commencing. Yes, exactly. Rob, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant call. And uh, those are the calls, but you can send us an email or a text if you prefer. And how can Dumpty Dummers do that, Quentin? 
Yes, you're very welcome to send a text to this number 07957 167 696. Remember, if you're texting from outside the UK to add that plus 44. Or if you prefer to send an email, do visit the dumptydum.com website and click the Contact Us tab at the top of the page. Do get your calls, emails and texts in just before noon, please, on Sunday as we record at midday UK time, just after the omnibus, about an hour after that finishes. And remember, you need to be 18 or over to submit any views or comments. And so we go from our caller in to our email and text in Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Our first email this week is from Charles. Yeah, uh, Charles Day has written in with this saying, uh, the title is New Age Stoic. And he writes, perhaps because we haven't heard Ruth in many a crop rotation cycle, I was struck by how different she sounded in her scene with Josh and Linda. She was so mellow, so stoical, so wise. To grasp the magnitude of her transformation, considering swapping in Ruth 2.0 for her former self in this exchange with her husband from the before times. Here we go, Philippa. (laughs) Oh, Route B will cut Brookfield in two. Our lands are already divided by hedgerows with the new road. It's <laughs> not even the accent. Keep going. <laughs> with, with the new road, we can drive to London fast. <laughs> this is terrible. Keep going. <laughs> no, it's your turn now. <sighs> but... We never go to London. Oh, we will, David. I see it in our destiny. What the wheel weaves, the wheel wills. What's got into you? <laughs> Deepak Chopra and some mushrooms from Freddy. Sorry, that's so bad. It was good in my head and now it's terrible. <laughs> Sorry, Charles, we murdered that. Anyway, Charles continues. Until I heard the new Ruth, I hadn't noticed that a position in Ambridge had been vacant for some time. 
female source of calm wisdom. Behold and welcome, Ruth 2.0. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Charles. I just completely love <laughs> that. It was a great email. We and I ruined it. Just witnessed a female source of nuts, really. <laughs> Bananas. <laughs> Craziness. <laughs> I think I included every region. Uh, in yeah, the United I, Kingdom, I, in there. Well, I think most of the Northeast was covered there. Yeah, well done. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's saying that we've got a new Ruth, a new Ruth who's calm and stoical and conciliatory. Uh, do you think yes. it will last? Do you think it will last? Well, but then Linda was there with her brand new hairstyle as yeah. she met Ruth and Josh um, in the fields to choose the right location, and they didn't say anything about the hairstyle. Then Harrison sees Linda and he's like, oh, nice hair, Linda. So Ruth yeah. clearly has the observation yeah, but- tendencies of a dead gnat. Yeah, but she was trying to defend her cold cows, wasn't she? So well, that was yeah, bizarre, wasn't it? I mean, Linda's lived in the country for 30 plus years and she's worried about cold cows. <laughs> it sounded like there was so much mud. I thought the cows had sort of got uh, swimming rings and lilos out and were swimming through the mud. There was so much mm. of it, but never mind. Well, maybe the harvest supper has, uh, now she's over that, she's calmed down a bit. And uh, she, I'm to be, yeah, Charles, she was conciliatory, to be fair. And she was yes. a calming influence. She did calm Linda down, but um, oh, she'll she'll get irritated and on a on a uh, all uppity again with David very soon. We'll see. Maybe Charles is right. Maybe Ruth two point is 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 the real thing. But Charles, I just apologise. Do don't don't stop emailing just because of <laughs> the guy's going to run a mile. We murdered his carefully crafted script. I said it's ironic accents, and that just shows just how ironic it is. But never mind. It's all good. And now we've got a text from Chris, and this is Chris from York. Hello. I was about to throw Banjo's hat in the ring for the donkey roll when Linda went off on one. About the Holy Family's social economic status, what could be more working class than a humble little pony like Jem? They've served in pits and stockyards and all sorts of roles over the years. I reckon the stables should strike over this snub and Banjo and Jem put on a rival dance show at Christmas. Yes, Chris, I agree. Why not? I would like to see that rival dance show. Um, And yes, why not use Jem? It seems fitting, but Linda's got... Obviously, something's going to happen because Linda's very determined. Well, she wants wants a donkey, doesn't she? She's she's going to get a donkey. Uh, But she was a bit sniffy and snobby about having a pony, wasn't she? (laughs) Um, (laughs) And he's right. You know, what could be more working class than a pit pony? But um, I suppose a pit pony wasn't mentioned in the Bible, was it? So it's got to be accurate. That's true. That's true. So we'll have to see. But yes, Chris, excellent. Do keep your text coming. And now, Quentin, we have an email from your number one fan from Anon of Ambridge who has a hair-raising question. Thankfully, it's short this week. Um, Dear Uncle Quentin and Auntie Philippa, I ignored your advice and had a radical haircut, which I'm now regretting. What should I do? Thank you, Anon of Ambridge. (laughs) <laughs> well don't take our advice <laughs> yeah, that's what you should do you stupid person whoever you are uh well you've got to go and see chelsea she'll sort you out won't she uh, that's all i can yeah. suggest yes, or have it all shaved off if you've and got you any c- hair whoever you are 
You can't call a I tell you what, they need to send in a photograph. Room. They need to send in a photo of this the, care card. And, ah, that will blow their anonymity. It, so. I was going to say, then they won't be anonymous. I'm trying to trick them. Anymore. I'm trying to trick them. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. I just think you're, you're lucky and on. It's winter, so you can just wear an arrangement of hats um, until the hair has grown. But... Uh, <laughs> Yes, I I did laugh actually with the story with Lillian's haircut this week with Fabrice because there's someone yeah. in our town who at one point the hairdresser did the same style for every person that went to see him. So you immediately knew which hairdressers they'd been to if they were rocking this particular style. It's the only one he could do. So everybody in town looked the same. <laughs> Lit- Literally. And these women would turn up for like these dinner parties um, and they would all have the same style. It's like wearing the same dress, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) Slightly like that. Yeah. So Anon of Ambridge, thank you very much. And thank you all for your calls, emails and texts. We value them so much. Keep them coming, please. And now to our special bookish item. So... As most of you know, I host QuickBook Reviews podcast. And this week I was talking to Nikki May, who has written the amazing book called Wahala. Now, this doesn't come out till January, so it's a bit of a peak preview. But there are some Archer's references in this book. And this has been, there's been a nine-way auction. The BBC are making this into um, a series with the, the leading script writers, producers, everything. It, this is hot news. So I thought we've got to ask Nikki about the influence of the Archers. Nikki, welcome to Dumdy Book Dumb. Thank you for having me, Philippa. I love your show. I love the irreverence of it. And so it's a must listen to after my Archer's fix. So thank you for having me. I had to, because I mean, first of all, your book, subject to a, a nine-way auction being made into a massive TV series with the BBC. It's it's hot stuff, this book. It really is. But there are some links to the Archers, I believe. Can you tell me more? Yes, I think the links to the archers are the, are the thing that makes Wahala the hottest book. So, yes, there's Scruff, the robo-dog, who is named after the dearly beloved and departed Scruff, Linda Snell's lovely dog. And Scruff has been reinvented. He's a robo-dog that belongs to my four-year-old character in the book. And there's also a mention of the archers in the book on page 259, when Ronke is cooking uh, Sunday lunch for her husband. And what do you do when you're prepping Sunday Sunday lunch, you listen to the archers. Ofs. So the archers has been such an important part of my life. I cannot imagine writing a book that doesn't somehow crowbar the archers into it. And if you had to summarise Wahala in a sentence, it's a bit tricky. How, what would you say? Well, other people compare it to Sex and the City with a Killer Edge, and I'm quite happy with that. It's a friendship novel, so it's a subversive modern take on friendship, family and culture, but it's got this slightly bitter evil twist at the end. Wonderful. And just going back to the Archers, if you had to choose your favourite character, who would you pick? My Brian. He's mine and I love him. I don't care what people say about Brian. I don't know if it's the wine cellar. Actually, now that he's in slightly reduced circumstances, I think I like him a little less, but it would probably still be my Brian. (laughs) Fantastic. There's there's very mixed views on Brian. I like Brian. He's always causing trouble saying things that he shouldn't do, really. Yeah, but he's. I think he's such a fully fledged three-dimensional character. 
that I just have a real soft spot for Brian. Well, it's just wonderful to talk books with you, but also, you know, you you listen to the Archers, you listen to Dum Dum. The Archers has informed my life. I moved to the country about 17 years ago, and luckily I was fully equipped to live here because I know everything about the country because I've listened to the Archers. And even worse, I live in a farming community, so my farmer friends are hysterically amused when I tell them what they should and shouldn't be doing based on what roof or David <laughs> said that week. So no, the Archers is everything and Dumpty Tom is the perfect way to celebrate it. Nikki May, author of Wahala, thank you so much. Thank you, Philippa. I love it. <laughs> I, 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 mean, I love the fact she says uh, Dumpty Dum is a must listen after she's listened to, she's had a, the Archers fix. But the fact she loves Brian, I mean, she's there. <clears throat> she's in my She's in my team. She's in my gang. Yeah. So, uh, and so that's Wahala and you can pre-order it now out 6th of January I think everybody will be thumbing to page 259 won't they (laughs) (laughs) and so we must go to Facebook and our lovely dum-de-dum community there as we sit back for the roundup with our Sue hello my lovelies it's Siri, Queen Ottar on the Twitters and our first December social media roundup. You can tell that Christmas is coming to Ambridge when the pantomime villain turns up. And this week we were treated to Hazel Woolley. Did anybody else boo at the radio? I don't think it was probably just me. Carolyn Wright gave us a summary for all our newer listeners. She was a nightmare over her dad's will and headstone. She's money mad. She barely came to visit her dad, especially when he had dementia. She was very indulged as a child. She did very well out of her dad's will, but expects she wants more now. I'm sure about that. Helen Winters had goodness. She really is awful, isn't she? Sounds like she needs a dose of syrup and figs and a whole throat sweep. And Raffi J says that getting Jack's name added to the rewilding website was the thin end of the wedge. Hazel, according to Richard Woodfield, is about as obnoxious as Martin Gibson. Oh! <gasps> I can agree with that. Certainly the most unpleasant character, a female character, who's played a significant role in The Archers in the last 50 years. And Sean Martin said, and that was in a scene with Peggy and Kate. Oh, that made me laugh. It's been a very long time since I was ever rooting for Kate. Hazel is, as Stephen Thomas put it, Beelzebub in a tweed two-piece. Also this week, it was time to find a new pantomime horse. Well, a donkey with Lindy Bottom, and really, the less said about that whole thing, the better. But as Jean Bell said, Linda was showing once again sensitive and caring help for a young person in Ambridge in her conversation with Mia. Linda McCartney, Kay Goff and Emma Pettigall agree. I don't mind saying I had a tear in my eye. And that wasn't the only time this week I had a bit of a cry, during the episode with Harrison Blake and the woman from the anti-slavery charity. Sandra Jenkinson said what I was thinking... I'm so glad the whole episode wasn't dedicated to Blake's interview. What we heard was harrowing enough. Much speculation on whether we might get a single subject episode later on from Sandra Witherspoon and Raffi. We were all touched by the revelations. Phil Parks said, very good episode. That's what modern slavery is like and worse. Harrison was so gentle and kind with Blake. Gold star. I want to give a shout out to Carolyn Wright for her Alternative Saturday episode, which if you haven't read it yet, go and have a look on the website. 
It's just so funny. It made me laugh. She was very rude about Hazel, completely justified. And I think we all needed a laugh this week. I'm hoping that next week the Archers is going to explore who the pantomime dame's going to be. And do we need to call in the Ambridge fairy godmother to bring us a little light in the darkness? We will see. I'll talk to you all in a month or so. Cheery bye. Thanks, Sue, for that wonderful roundup. That's amazing, isn't it? That um, hmm. Hazel is regarded as the worst female character in 50 years. That's quite something. So happy Christmas to us all. Um, talking of Facebook, um, we started this last week going through some of your answers to that post I put out, just asking where and when you listen to this podcast, because it's always interesting. So I promised that we would read some more out this week. So here we go. Um, Sally Princess Park says, I like to listen to it on my work commute. It brightens my morning. That's nice to hear. And Michael Wylock says, usually in my allotment, this is what I harvested on Sunday. And they've included a photo. We've got lots of different leaves and broccoli, purple sprouting, Brussels sprouts. Fabulous. And Jean Harding listens on her lockdown walks in Auckland, New Zealand. Uh, Paul Norris listens usually at home, occasionally on my now rare drives to be on site for work. We heard from Alison McNabb. And uh, she's one of these who just, we send her to sleep, I'm afraid, Philippa. She says, sometimes I doze off when I'm catching up. She says, I need the soothing effect due to lots of anxiety over struggling elderly parents at the other end of the country this year. Dumpty Dum is one of the podcasts that could be prescribed for anxiety. Oh, Yeah. I'm glad it's sorting out your anxiety, uh, Alison, because it causes me and Philippa huge amounts of anxiety. (laughs) Um, And Claire Campbell uh, says, my training plan calls for a run on Monday. So I listen then for the first time, but then usually listen another time while driving. Ian Elmer told us that uh, he listens in the car on my commute from Westport, Connecticut to New Jersey, to which Darcy Jorgensen, who lives in California, replied, dang, quite the commute. And then... Darcy then told us that she listens curled up in bed with my dog because of the time difference after church. And Pat Ralph Hanavan says, I usually listen while I potter at home, do laundry, cook or other mindless tasks. If I try to do anything more rigorous, I have to keep running it back to catch what I miss. And finally, for the moment, we heard from Cathy DeCosta Millman, who told us that she listens while walking the dog in the desert in Qatar, helps me feel connected to home and haven't missed an episode in 25 years. Only discovered Dumpty Dum recently, but love it. Keep up the great work, guys. Oh, thank you. Well, we will endeavour to do that. So fascinating where and when people listen. Do keep posting on, on uh, Facebook and uh, we'll have some more next week. So that's Facebook, but of course, we're also on Twitter under at Dumpty Dum. You'll see our team always include the Archers hashtag, and they use a capital T and A. That's so the visually impaired can enjoy any Archers-based tweets as well. Also, try and include at Dumpty Dum in your tweets so more people get to see your tweet, which helps to keep our community growing. As well as at Dumpty Dum, we're both on Twitter. I can be found at Quick Book Review. How about you, Quentin? You'll find my Twitter ramblings at 30 Minute Man. That's one three minute man. And now it's time to crown our tweeters of the week. 
Yeah, and uh, we record this pretty much straight after the omnibus. And two of these I plucked from this morning's omnibus. See, they're fresh off the Twitter press. So there's always a chance to get uh, one of the medals, even if you tweet during the omnibus. Okay, so in bronze position, uh, we have this from Mel Parker at Mel Parker Mel. And she has pronounced, Kate speaks sense. Hell has frozen over. There you go. (laughs) We both agree on that. Kate had a good week, didn't she? In silver position, Charlie Norton at 19 Sen, C-E-N. Hazel seems unsteady on her feet. Time to spread marbles about the place. (laughs) She needs to trip up that one. But in gold position, it's Nick at Check Your Sheds. If you or someone you know has been affected by the quality of the Donkey Audition storyline, help is available in the drinks cabinet. (laughs) <laughs> love that so that's excellent gold medals to Nick at Check Your Shits bravo one and all and uh, now it's uh, time for us to start our, our goodbyes so we thank again Stephen what a tune and we thank Rob Megan Wendy Glyn Witherspoon Carol from the Highlands Brian formerly cycling Christine Catherine Charles Chris from York Anon of Ambridge and the author Nikki May for their contributions Thanks also to our social media supremos, Cosmo for his podcast roundups, Shambridge for her voices, and I suppose Philippa as well these days. No. <laughs> and, no. <laughs> and to our podcasting parents, Lucy V. Freeman and Royfield Brown. So what will be revealed next week? Will Eddie convince Linda that the best replacement for the donkey is one of the family ferrets? Will Fabrice find it impossible to dye Lillian's hair back to any shade that isn't a primary colour? Will Hilda the cat pass on CBD to her friends and receive a prison sentence for drug trafficking? (laughs) And will Hazel turn out to be the kindest person imaginable, full of love, joy and kindly good humour? Yeah, right. All will be revealed next week. But for now, it's a bye-bye from me. And since I need to respect my limits and can feel myself starting to fade... I'll say bye-bye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Cool fact. 
a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com.